Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. There are bad guys who are waiting for the border to be opened so they can come in and continue to be bad guys. Okay? So for the ones who are like, and here, here the Lord is telling me, he's like, they want to be with you guys. They want to worship me. So let them worship me. But if you are that foreigner, then this is how the worship happens. And this is how you live in the land. You got to follow the same rules. And I think the same should apply universally. Many people have a misconception about the American church and its stance on immigration. Certainly, there are people who buy into the rhetoric that all immigrants are dangerous and taking our jobs, but most have a more tempered and welcoming view of legal immigrants. As we examine Leviticus with Pastor James, he's going to draw our attention to God's love and concern for immigrants. He included laws for his people as to how they should care for those foreigners in the land. Now here's Pastor James in the book of Leviticus chapter 19 with today's edition of Bread for the Broken. Verse 23, when you enter the land and plant fruit trees, leave the fruit unharvested for the first three years, considering it forbidden. No, no, no more forbidden fruit. That got us in trouble in Genesis. Uh, We're like, ah, do not eat it. In the fourth year, the entire crop must be consecrated to the Lord as a celebration of praise. Finally, in the fifth year, you may eat the fruit. You're like, what? Five years I got to wait? Why? There's some science stuff behind that. Um, They say some trees that are fruit-bearing trees, uh, you should never eat the fruit off of them within the first first harvest, Um, that you should actually wait sometimes up to like three years before you partake of the fruit. I don't know why. I'm not a scientist. Uh, I'm not a farmer. I don't know. I just remember reading something about that. And here the Lord is saying, kind of what what it seems as though he's saying is like, the people who occupied that land for 480 years and totally defiled that land, it's almost like a purging of that land. He's like, don't eat that fruit. He's like, let's, let's, let's filter this stuff out. And it's going to take time, yes, but it'll be worth it. Okay? And these are trees that they plant too. If you plant fruit trees, just, number one, give them the time that they need because there's probably a scientific reason behind that. But also let's, you know, you can eat of the fruit, but I also like the fact that you can eat of the fruit after you've dedicated a harvest to the Lord, right? So it's kind of cool, like give him his portion first and then you can then enjoy the, the bounty of the land. Trust the Lord. And that is the, the element there of like, he's like, I know this seems like a crazy rule, but are you going to trust me? Do you trust me? We have every reason to trust him. Okay, moving on. Uh, Verse 26. Do not eat meat that has not been drained of its blood. All right? So if it's dripping with blood, he's saying, don't eat it. Why? Because life is in the blood. Life is in the blood. Honor the blood. Okay? Do not practice fortune telling or witchcraft. You're like, oh, oh, interesting. Um, Yeah, yeah. 
Number one, because you can't tell fortunes, um, because if you claim that you can, then you're probably a scam artist. Uh, no offense to anybody, but you probably saw that coming if you're a true fortune teller, right? So you would have already turned me off if you're watching the live stream, because you're like, he's about to insult me. Um, just kidding. Uh, witchcrafts. Um, again, these are things that were practiced in the land that they're about to go into. They, these are things that were practiced in Egypt. And there are also things that are practiced by the Canaanites that they're about to go into. And God's like, don't have any part of it. Don't have any part of it, okay? Just what? Like, worship me. Witchcraft. And that's, there's different ideas on that, exactly what we're talking about. Um, Oftentimes, what can be a part of witchcraft and what we know from, like, Wiccans is, like, earth worship type stuff. So that could be a part of this witchcraft. And God's saying, don't worship creation, Worship the creator, right? Enjoy creation, but worship the creator. The problem with a lot of witchcraft practices, and especially, and I know Wiccans and witchcraft, they would say, they would tell me, we're not the same group, and I get it, I understand, but you kind of are. Um, but their practices are, I mean, it's, it's about Mother Earth, and, and I, look, I love Earth. I got no problem with nature, but I don't worship nature. I appreciate it, but I don't worship it. It doesn't, it, it, it didn't do anything that for my salvation. So, I mean, I'll enjoy it, and I'll enjoy everything that it produces to a certain extent, what is lawful and legal and safe, but I'm not going to, we, we, don't, we don't devote our all to what was created. We devote our all to what created everything. Don't trim off the hairs of your temples. Or trim your beards. I've been in Israel and I see some dudes walking around and they don't, you know, they don't trim their, uh, uh, their little sideburns there. Um, it's it's kind of cool. Uh, but don't, do not trim off the hair of your temples um, and, and don't trim your beards. Why? Does this, well, you know, if that's it, look, it's not a sin if you trim your facial hair and it's not a sin if you trim your sideburns, okay? You're okay. Do not cut, cut your bodies for the dead. Oh, no, here's one. Um, I can't read this next one. No, I can. Um, and do not mark your skin with tattoos. Let me cover my arms up. I am the Lord. Right? This is like the key verse. If you, you probably, I, I, my goodness, I have, I only have two. But these were an issue for some people. And they would quote this verse to me. And then I have to educate them on what the verse is talking about. And that it's not actually talking about these tattoos, okay? Tattoos are fine. Tattoos are fine. Tattoos are not sinful, okay? The tattoos, number one, the cutting of your flesh for the dead, that's something that the pagans did, okay? Now, it was ritualistic, okay? So you should never cut yourself for somebody else, okay? Don't do that. That's, and these are deep wounds that they would cut. So there's... There's, also, there's, a, there's a worship element of that where God is saying, don't, I don't want you to worship me like that because that's how they worship their false gods. There's also a practical element behind it too of like medically speaking, he's like, don't gash yourself because that could get infected and cause you serious harm as well. There's a lot of practical elements to some of these things that we sometimes don't think about. But don't cut yourself you know, out of devotion for that one person as a ritualistic practice. He's like, I don't, I don't want you to do that. And the tattoos that they were getting, and yes, they were getting tattoos, 
But the tattoos that they were getting were of their, their deities, their false gods. The only tattoos they were getting were tattoos of their false gods. And that's where God is saying, I don't want you tattooing, you know, Moloch on your arm or Balaam or Osiris or Ra or whoever. Don't get those tattoos. So that's what, we saw, that's what he's talking about. These are ritualistic practices. These are devote, acts of devotion towards something that's not even real. If you want to get a tattoo, get a tattoo. There's freedom there. My tattoos are, well, this one points people right to the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19. It talks about how Jesus is my anchor, and he's set in the holy of holies. And this one says, hope still remains. I got that from a, a book that a missionary wrote, and because I needed that, because that, man, that's, that's my life. Hope still remains. There's still hope for me. There's still hope for me. Hope still remains. And these have been great conversation pieces with strangers. And, and I use these to, to direct people to Jesus. You know, the crazy guy that tattooed this onto my forearm, had no, he's like, what are you talking about? I'm talking about Jesus. He's like, oh, so we however, however long it took him to do that, we had a, a session of talking about Jesus. And I got to hear his story. I got to hear my story. And I mean, so it's, it's these things are good. But if you personally don't like tattoos, then my goodness, don't get a tattoo. But don't judge people if they have tattoos. It's, it's really what we're talking about now. And here's the, the other thing that I mentioned before. It's not referenced before the law, and it's not referenced after the law. Okay? So it's just one of those things where God's saying, when you move into this country, these people are marking up their bodies for all these false gods. Now, I, my, my caution would, to you would be this. Don't get a tattoo of a false god. Okay? But if you do, or if you did... It's okay. It's okay. But I mean, why not use your body if, if you feel comfortable with it? Man, get something that's going to spark a conversation and bring glory to God. So in the culture we live today, I mean, even talking about tattoos and like, should you get tattoos or not? It's, that's, that's a very yesterday kind of conversation. Um, I think tattoos are good. I got two of them. Uh, if I had more disposable income, I would have more of them. But I need to be a responsible father of four and husband, and I can't spend uh, the money I want to spend on covering my body. But, hey, that's fine. Jesus will have tattoos. I don't know if you knew that. I'm just going to have a name written on his thigh. Um, what, how do they write that on there? And that's why I want heavenly tattoos. Like, what's the tattoo shop in heaven that Jesus went to to get the name tattooed on his thigh. Like that's first appointment when I get there. I'm like, where, where's that place? Looking on Yelp, on heaven's Yelp, right? Like new heaven, new earth. Oh, here it is. Make an appointment. Uh, I, it's silly. I get it. But you understand. These are silly things, right? I mean, it's okay. Moving on. Let's finish this chapter. Do not defile your daughter by making her a prostitute. That's a good rule. Um, yeah, that's, that's a good one. That still applies. Still applies today. Uh, yeah, don't prostitute out your daughter. What's crazy is that these things still happen today. Oh, it's so sad. This is one of those ones that makes me mad. And I can't dwell on it too long because then my blood pressure goes up. And then that hatred thing starts happening in my heart. And I have hatred towards people who do this. And I'm not supposed to have hatred towards people who do this. 
Maybe it's a holy indignation thing, and that's why I want to keep it that and not the hatred thing. And that's a hard thing for me. It's a really difficult thing for me. Don't defile your daughter by making her a prostitute, or the land will be filled with prostitutes or prostitution and wickedness. Don't allow this. And again, what we don't see in these texts, but is as clear as day, God honors women. God values women. This is a culture where they were not esteemed as high as men. And here is God Almighty saying, don't defile your daughter. And the men would be like, well, she's not worth as much as my son. And God says, oh, no, she's made in my image. Don't defile your daughter, who actually is my daughter. Don't mess with my kids. So I love that, man. I I absolutely love these. And and going through Leviticus, I have my hesitations in going through Leviticus because it's been a while since I studied it, where I was like, oh, no, not Leviticus. Um, But then I'm reminded of like how awesome God is. And how much he loves. He loves poor people. He loves women. He loves, you know, people who sin and bring a sacrifice. He loves them. He loves the foreigners. He loves those people. And in the book of Leviticus, I mean, this is just laid out for us of like, yeah, these are people I care about. So you should care about them too. Okay? Here's one that never gets... This doesn't apply to many Americans, right? Keep my Sabbath days of rest. (laughs) We don't know what a Sabbath is um, because we work, 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 right? I mean, that's just, that's in our DNA. Um, Other countries know how to like holiday better than we do, right? Like you got two weeks of paid vacation, you know, you got time off. I can't do it. I can't do that. Well, you better, you're going to die. Eventually you're going to, you're just going to work yourself to death. And here's God telling his people, keep my Sabbath day of rest, Take a break. Take a break. And we've talked about this before. Sabbath day of rest meant that you trusted God to provide for the next, you know, for what you need next. Work the six days. Take a day off. Rest. Show reverence toward my sanctuary. I am the Lord. Rest of that verse. Verse 31. Do not defile yourself by turning to mediums or those who consult the spirits of the dead. I am the Lord your God. This is a fun one. This was happening in, in Canaan. Uh, and here's, and it's probably happening in Egypt as well. Um, and these, I don't know, maybe some Israelites were smuggling in some Ouija boards or something too. But God's like, don't do that. Um, don't do it. And we know from 1 Samuel chapter 28 with Saul, he sought out a medium, a medium. And she found Samuel <laughs> from, he's dead. He's dead. So is this stuff real? I don't know, but I'm going to stay away from it because I've had some experiences messing with the occult when I was growing up. I don't know if it was real or not, but it was real enough to scare me to death. Okay? So God's saying, don't play with that stuff. And here's why. There's a lot of demonic stuff out there. Out there. There, are, there are fallen angels like Satan who, knows how to, who know how to present themselves as angels of light, good deceivers. So there's a lot of demonic activity out there. So I would encourage all of us, don't mess with it. Saul learned that lesson. He, I mean, and it, I can't even imagine Samuel. Samuel's like, dude, what are you doing? Like, you, what, why are you bringing me back? Are you crazy? Yeah, yeah I, was, I was resting. 
It's like, but that was, that was Saul not honoring the word of God, not honoring the word of God, nor was he trusting God either. And he was in sin. Verse 32, stand up in the presence of the elderly and show respect for the age. Yeah, amen. Um, maybe I'm there. I'm there for some people. Uh, fear your God, I am the Lord, right? Show honor to the elderly. And the, again, some of this stuff is going to be talking about like, take care of widows and take care of orphans, pure and undefiled religion, right? But the elderly who are amongst you, respect them, respect them. Give them the honor that they deserve. Do not take advantage of foreigners who live among you in your land. Treat them like native-born Israelites and love them as you love yourself. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Remember that you once were foreigners living in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. So if you got foreigners living in your land, they want to become Israelites. Let them become Israelites. But hey, guess what, foreigners? That doesn't mean you get to do whatever you want to do. Because you want to be an Israelite, you got to worship like an Israelite. You got to live like an Israelite. These rules apply to you too. So there is, there is that, that as well. And there were people from Egypt when the children of Israel were going to be leaving, they were like, we want to go with you guys. Why? Because you serve the one true God. And so they wanted to be and they wanted to worship the one true God with the people of God. And God says, make room for them. Treat them like they're one of your own. And the same thing could be applied today. We have like a ton of, we have major immigration issues now. Now, let me speak to this. I am not for people who want to come across these borders and bring with them tons of drugs or tons of violence or tons of sex trafficking. I'm not for criminals wanting to get over into this country. I'm not for that at all, okay? And I, I am all for our United States and the process we have in place to become a legal citizen of this country. It's smart. It's, I know it's kind of difficult, but it's not the most difficult. It's not the easiest either, but it's doable. It is doable. I'm all for that. Follow the method. Yeah, you want to come over here? Come over here. Make a better life for yourself. I'm all for that. But do it right. Do it right. Unfortunately, you have people in higher up positions who want to skirt that or want to just go around that. And for whatever the reasons are, I don't know. I have ideas. But, but what you get with that is more crime, more drugs, more pain, and more, more basically slavery. And man, I, 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 feel for the, I feel for the immigrants who want to be here for the right reasons, who want to make a better life for themselves, who want to do it right. Again, we have a friend she did that, and she went through the process, man, and it was a long, hard process, but she went through it. She did it. I'm all for that. I celebrate that. And again, I think if a church can help out in that way, then we should help out in that way. But don't take that as me saying, all everybody coming over is cool to come over, because I do not believe that at all, okay? Because there are bad guys who are waiting for the border to be opened so they can come in and continue to be bad guys, okay? So... For the ones who are like, and here, here the Lord is telling me, he's like, they want to be with you guys. They want to worship me. So let them worship me. But if you are that foreigner, then this is how the worship happens. And this is how you live in the land. You got to follow the same rules. And I think the same should apply universally. If I want to live in Germany, it's difficult to get citizenship in Germany. 
But if I go over, I can't expect to live as an American in Germany. That's, no, I go over there and then I, hopefully my goal would be to live as a German in Germany. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to I wanna live there. I want to try to, like, go there and convert all the Germans into Americans, right? <laughs> that would be crazy. But, so it's the same idea here as, like, these people wanted to journey through that wilderness with them. They wanted to worship the one true God. And we needed, God was needing to make sure that they weren't going to be discriminated because they're Egyptian. Okay? Because that's really what it was. You're Egyptian. And your people used to enslave us. Well, but that's, that's not how it is now. We're, we're free now. So take care of them. Show honor to them. Treat them like native-born Israelites. Verse 35, do not use dishonest standards when measuring length, width, and volume. Uh, this is like in the marketplace. Your scales and weights must be accurate. So there's a lot of corruption happening in the marketplaces. Uh, certain weights that said they weighed you know, this much didn't actually weigh that much. And so they were, well, a lot of this was going on. The best example I have uh, is from one of my favorite childhood memories, uh, movies, movie memories, I should say, is from The Karate Kid Part Two, And I love that movie because I remember seeing it in the movie theaters, probably the dollar theater, because that's how we rolled. Um, actually, I probably saw it for free because my family cleaned movie theaters because we were, had all kinds of side hustles going on just to, just to make sure we could pay bills. But I remember sitting in there and Karate Kid 2 was going on and there was a market scene scene where the guy's like, the weights weren't actually legit weights. And then he got busted because Danielson, right? Like he like, this isn't real. And boom, he snapped it. And the dude gets mad. The other guy wants to beat him up. Um, but he, because he exposed the fact that you are taking advantage of, of innocent people. And that's a crime. And here God is saying, be like Danielson. You know, you know, hey, don't, don't be cheating anybody. Uh, if, if you're going to, you know, if you say something is this much, then honor that. Give them the right deal. Okay? Fair price. It says, I'm the Lord your God. Oh, wait a minute. I got to finish that verse. Um, I'm really bad about that. Uh, your containers for your, measure, your measuring drying materials or liquids must be accurate. I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. You must be careful to keep all my decrees and regulations all the rules, by putting them into practice, I am the Lord. So uh, how do we love our neighbors? Hey, how do we practically today love our neighbors? That's a good discussion question, right? Um, the very end of that, though, is, is, is key. Be careful to keep all my decrees and regulations by what? By putting them into practice. You keep them, you honor them, by applying them. If you do not apply them, then you are not keeping them and you are not honoring them. See, the reverse works. If you, you have to apply these rules to honor God, you honor God by keeping these rules and practicing them, right? I mean, that's just how it works. And so the Lord is letting his people know through Moses, here's the rules, apply them to your life and show honor. Show honor to God. Show honor to others. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Apply it. Put it into practice.
Pastor James Grizzle has been making his way through the book of Leviticus here on Bread for the Broken. Leviticus can be a tough book to get through, with all of its rules and regulations, and sometimes it can be hard to see why we should learn any of that at all today. But every book in the Old Testament points to the person of Jesus. Several of the chapters in Leviticus deal with people who have sinned unintentionally, and then later come to realize their sin. God lays out for them the steps to take in order to receive forgiveness. Now, the people of Israel brought sacrifices to the priests to pay for those sins. But we have a great high priest in Jesus who offered himself as a sacrifice. Leviticus 6-7 says, And the priest shall make atonement for him before the Lord, and he shall be forgiven. How amazing is it that we have this great high priest who has atoned for all of our sins? The mission of Bread for the Broken is to help people find hope and new life in Jesus. If you'd like to join us in that mission, we have an opportunity for you to donate and to help us spread the word. Head on over to breadforthebroken.com to join us in the mission today. Once again, that's breadforthebroken.com. While you're there, you can explore all of the other messages and share them with your friends. And if you're in the Galveston, Texas area, we'd love to see you in a service at Calvary Galveston. We're here Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. But if you can't make it, we stream all of our services on Facebook. Well, we're out of time for today. We'll see you again next time here on Bread for the Broken. Let me paint the picture of you, man.